0: Let me tell you a story about a man named Jed. Uh, he never kept his family fed. And then one day he was shooting for some crude. <speaking> <speaking> I'm going to tell you a story about a big hairy dude living lived in the woods searching for his food. Blah, 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 blah. Scunch is my word. Oh, welcome to Scattering Podcast, episode one five zero. Woo! We're
1: seventy five percent of the way to two hundred.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's how it works out, I believe. Uh-huh.
1: Oh, anyways, how you been? How, what's going on? Hurt my back. Please tell me there's a good story, not just
0: like sneezing or something. I don't. I have no idea. I woke up Thursday morning and I could barely get out of bed, and I had to, I went and had to sit in my car, sit on those chairs to get any sort of, like, comfort, you know, backrest, whatnot. I sat there for a couple hours. Felt better during the in day. car? Yeah, it felt better during the day. I went and played guitar, and then I, I did a bunch of work in, in storage, so I'm sure that exacerbated everything. And then I woke up Friday, and I... Fuck, it was so painful. I could barely move, dude. I'm not, I'm not used to lower back pain. I don't get that, you know? It sucks. Yeah, back pain is pretty brutal can be really debilitating. Though yeah, I know my neck is usually hurting and my shoulder as you know, I've had problems with. So, I kind of live with that. I'm used to it, I guess, but lower back pain, it affects literally everything you do. Yeah, tell me about it.
1: Yeah, I, I have that sometimes. It's been to the point it's been so bad sometimes where it like
0: starts affecting your leg, you know? No, yeah. 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 And, and 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 when I feel like I'm loosening up a bit and maybe it's feeling a little better. Initially, on well, I, I was at work for 10 minutes on Friday and I'm like, I got to go. I can't. There's just no way. This is going to get worse. You know, I don't even know what happened to Friday. I came home and it was like, I don't know if I slept or not. I was doing things. And then all of a sudden I look up, it's like 430. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? It was really strange. I must have slept. But then um, Saturday I woke up and went to work. It was a little bit better. And then this morning I stayed at Chuck's last night. And I could like barely get off of his sofa, dude. I was just like completely immobilized. I'm sure that sleeping on the couch doesn't help. No, it's much better because this bed here is way too soft. It's way too soft. I think that can't help. I mean, it can't. Not for me anyway. I'm used to sleeping on concrete or on the floor. You know, it's like yeah, I like a, a firm bed too. Yeah, I like it like it's nice and firm. But anyway, so that's that's fun. That's it's fun new thing. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: my oldest was up in. Uh... Big Bear, this last weekend, got snowed in for a week. So oh, really? That was a little interesting. You did or did he or just him? No, he did. He was uh, with his girlfriend and her family. They were supposed to be coming down and then they had an issue with their car that they were in and couldn't get a tow truck up because there was so much snow.
0: Oh, boy. So they were stuck stuck there. Wow. Yeah, I thought you were up there with them. I guess not. And huh? I went
1: to a different mountain. Actually, I went up to Mammoth. was that fun yesterday
0: in fact yeah it sounds like fun
1: it was man there was so much snow dude there was like i mean there were 20 feet of snow just oh wow piled up you would see it like drifted up against the house almost up to the roof you know crazy that's so much snow that they that they couldn't even groom a lot of the stuff there they couldn't run some of the lifts because they were buried in the snow
0: Mm -hmm. pretty crazy what what do you do snowboard right
1: yeah, I snowboard. Yeah, we got up there, we, we delayed our departure. And instead of doing a half day the first day, we just left later and then got up there. And then we got uh, a couple of really, really good days with sun, blue skies. It was awesome. And then we got another another day in and then took off because the storm was coming in and wanted needed to get back. But I had a very interesting experience there on the mountain, actually, that I thought was pretty cool yeah yeah it was hauling ass that's what i like to do is is go quick so i was going down the mountain then out of the trees from the side pops this coyote oh and he looks at me he's like running you know he looks at me and he kind of was gonna cross paths with me but then kind of straightened out because i was going and he was just running for i don't know how long it was man i mean it seemed like a long time but it's probably 20 30 seconds we were he was just like running we were keep i was keeping up you know we were pacing each other and he just ran in and then like kind of looked at me and then just kept running and and then finally he just broke off and darted in front of me. But it was awesome because he was bruising down the run with me. He was hauling ass. He was he was probably surprised that
0: he couldn't get away at first. You know, like what is this guy doing? Probably trying to signal his friends down the bottom of the mountain to ambush your ass. Maybe looking for food. No, I'm kidding. That's pretty cool though. Yes, that was pretty cool. Right on. Pretty nice. Sounds cool.
1: Yeah, we did that for a few days, and back to it tomorrow. Cool. Have you uh, heard the new Enforce single, the new new one? Uh, no, I only heard the one. They just released a second one uh, a week or so ago, called "Hanged by My Hand." Oh, oh, I think I saw that. I saw that yesterday on Spotify. Yeah, I didn't listen. Yeah. I am not one hundred percent sure, but I think this is one of the new tracks they played when we saw them last time. Yeah, and it was awesome. It's a good, good bouncy thrash track, dude. I mean, it's enforced. You know, those two, those two new songs they played live were fucking great. Dude. Yeah, I think this is one of those. I think that's cool. I like the last one too. Yeah, so I can't wait to see what the rest of the new stuff is. This is, a, I'm sure, it's going to be great. Sounds like it.
0: From what he said, well, remember, he said, if you like the last one, you're going to fucking love this one. You cut off all the fats, you know? So and everything I've heard sounds like enforced, but, but shorter, which is better.
1: Yeah, I really like this one quite a bit. This, this new single, I can't wait to see what they're going to, what the rest of it sounds like. But that means another tour, probably. They're like,
0: those guys are, seem to be touring monsters. Yeah, I don't know how he even talks about having a day job. It's like, how can you have time for a day job? I don't get it.
1: Well, you know, we've talked about it on here. There's been a lot of new stuff. Uh, I saw today that there's a new Evil album that is now fully mixed and mastered. Really? Yeah. I know how they were working on anything new. I didn't either. Yeah. No, no clue. I mean, I guess it makes sense. The last album, Hell Unleashed, came out almost two years ago, two years ago yeah. in April. So
0: it doesn't seem like that long ago. <laughs> Not
1: really. Time warp. I know it, it is last year especially has been a total war. Yeah, well, why? What's up with that? Just in general? You're getting yeah, older? Pretty much. Time time goes faster? It's true, dude. It's true. It's speeding up for you too, isn't it? It is? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's been for a while, but I think that's that seems natural. If you're five, dude, a year represents 20% of your life. You may not even remember that far back if you're young enough. Think about from ninth grade to twelfth grade, how long that seemed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you would change quite a bit in that time. And that's four years. So, how old are you when you get out of high school? Let's say 18, 17, 18, say 18. So, four years. I mean, again, it's almost, think
0: of how how young someone in ninth grade looked or seemed to you, you know, when you're in 12th 12th grade. Because now 20% of your life is in high school by that time. Yeah. Four years is nothing now, though. So, who cares?
1: So, I think it has to do with how you perceive it. It's all relative. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: So, uh, let's get into this album, shall we? All right. We are going to review the brand new, um, <laughs> the brand new album by Death Doom band from Britain, and they are called Grief Symposium. The album is in the absence of light, and uh, when did it come out?
1: January twenty seventh. 2023 seven tracks 54 minutes 14 seconds yeah and you picked this one i mean i've heard of these guys before i'd never heard their music i never heard of them yeah i heard, I had heard of
0: them. it's a mixture of a couple of different bands right
1: yeah yeah a couple of doom bands i guess doom doom band and a death metal band that i'd never heard of entwined was the doom band
0: and from the 90s and the king is blind the king is blind and now i've never listened to them but researching these guys a little bit everything i've read about the king is blind is they're exceptional <laughs> it's an exceptional band yeah i never heard of
1: them i mean no me neither yeah and the other band in i never heard of i'm not really a doom metal person it's not really my thing it kind of tends to be a little too slow
0: and repetitive for me or mundane i don't know and not my thing same here yes yeah, so it just gets boring you know I go back to bands I used to listen to, like uh, Trouble in the early 90s. They weren't really Doom, but I guess they were kind of Doomy, you know, but a little more like upbeat Doom, if that makes any sense. So, I mean, I know what Doom is, but it does, it gets old fairly fast. Some of the riffs in some of the bands are very, you know, they harken back to Black Sabbath kind of sound. And that's when I really like it. But then when it just bogs down and goes so fucking drudgingly slow, I can't take it. I, it's hard for me to call these guys really a Doom band, though. To me, they're like Deathy
1: Doom or do me death i don't know because they have i know it's gonna kind of be silly but dude you're saying the exact same shit i was gonna say <laughs> it's death doom or
0: doom death Who i don't know but oh, well, which one is it is that is that a, a bluish green or a greenish blue there's there's the thrash, there's thrash in this album there's straightforward like like fucking straight up death metal parts uh, and then it bogs down to this doomy fucking Black Sabbath-esque sort of fucking bitching sound, dude. Yeah, and then there's like synths and all kinds and of... And there's synths, yeah. And there's and then there's like a, the, the woman's voice, like choir music almost. And then there's atmospheric at the end. It's like everything.
1: So these guys, like you said, they're from uh, England. The place that I read was East Anglia, along the east coast of England. And uh, these guys, it's a four-piece. We have SJT, Stephen John Tovey on vocals. We have LJA. These acronyms are how they name themselves. And then I found the names elsewhere. Lee James on guitar. Mm -hmm. CSM on bass, Sari Monger. And BJM, Barney Monger on drum. So two brothers. Hmm. Uh this album in the absence of light is their debut. They did a, a demo in twenty twenty one,
0: and this is their first full length. Yeah, yeah, doom isn't really my thing, but um, I don't. I'm kind of speechless. This this album is fucking stunning, dude. Yeah, it's actually really good. Like I said, yeah. I'm not into the
1: doom thing. At fifty no. over fifty four minutes, it runs longer than something that usually appeals to me then they have a couple tracks a seven minute track a nine minute track an mm-hmm. 18
0: minute track yeah and none of it feels that long to me when i listen to it it just doesn't it doesn't get old it doesn't get stale parts This is not like this part's kind of boring no this is this is engrossing dude i've, listened, well, to there's, multiple, there's I've listened to this multiple yeah dynamic and you know how we say you know they're not recreating the wheel but this is good metal whatever this is kind of recreating the wheel this is fucking exceptional dude
1: Yeah, I mean, they cover so much territory, not only on the album, but even with like a a single track, right? So that 18-minute, the last track, 18-minute, The Amber Kiss of the Sun, it's like a whole thing, dude. It's not just like a song. I know. There's this whole ebb and flow and everything of it and a whole different parts and sections that it at 18 minutes, it just feels like you're just listening to like an album going. You're not really aware of the... Distinction between a track number, you know what it I mean?
0: Sucks you, even though it's like that atmosphere. It sucked me in, and the first multiple times I listened to it, I I didn't pay attention to what the song names were, especially or or like how long anything was. I just listened to it front to back a few times, and I was just like, "This is an amazing album." and Then when the, I read that that last one was eighteen minutes, I was like, "I you know I never even noticed it though. It was weird. I never like sat there listening to it, going, "What the fuck is this? It's been going on a while. This is boring me." You know, it fits. It fucking fits. I don't know how they did it. It's it's like stunning, dude. Well, it's the range and dynamics of
1: this album. I mean, that's what stands out and keeps it, me engaged in it. You know, it,
0: it changes a lot, but it all flows. It's nice, dude. It's a fucking great album. Yeah, I, I just don't even know what it else. Is, it, it 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 no, it just it sucks me in, dude. And like I said, I've listened to it multiple times a day for well over a week now you know and i just like i want to hear it again because there's so much to it and it's so layered it's just fucking layered like crazy i i, I don't know it's just this is this is like a, like how i felt when i listened to um to uh the uh, of priest album it's the same kind of sensation I'm like what the fuck am i listening to this is fucking badass mm-hmm. that's why it's hard for me to call them a, de- a doom band or because I, I actually probably hear more of a death metal side to it than the doom side it's just it's like death metal but they throw in different things and classical like black sabbath kind of riffs when they slow it down and they don't maintain that for a long time to get you bored they just break right out of it into something fast and it's so nice dude this is well written as hell yeah i concur yeah it's uh there's not really a throwaway
1: on this album at all but there are little parts that stand out to me you know there's a Track four, Veil of Transformation. Uh, That one's got like this, like little, like call it like groovy. This little groovy thing with the little squeals and then like the ringing out open chords and just like these things that, to me, I don't know. It's not like that. No one's done them, but the way that they're done and 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 things, it just it just flows. It's just engaging
0: and dynamic. That's the word that comes to mind. Just dynamic yeah it's engaging that's that's exactly it 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 sucks. it sucks me in it's like time vanishes and i'm just so engrossed in this freaking album dude and it's like whoa that was fucking great and it's hard to believe it's almost like an hour you know yeah and it goes by relatively quick it really does yeah and that what well, the amber kiss of the sun no that is a, that is, it's unusual but then that is even layered. You know, there's like the spoken word. There's there's a guy talking about the transit of Venus. You know, and just little things in it that, that make you kind of go, "Whoa, that was really cool." Or I start doing other things, and it's just like it's just gone. It's like, "Whoa, album's over already?" Yeah, this is good stuff, dude. I'm surprised. I'm I'm like really surprised.
1: Yeah, I feel like I, I didn't look at any lyrics or anything. I really wasn't looking at the tracks except for when I was like, "Well, that's a cool part," and I wanted to look at the song so I could remember, you know, which songs they were and stuff like that. No, but, um, I feel like with that last one, the amber kiss of the sun, like I'm missing something about it. Not that I don't like it. It's like I just feel like there's like a story or there's some little detail or observation that I'm missing. Did
0: you catch anything like that? Like, is it? I can't find any lyrics anywhere. All I found was a quote from, I believe, the singer. And he was saying that it's a reflection on on his past and the, the choices he's made. And it, there's some, I guess, there's some pretty emotional parts, you know, like reflections and, and parts about, you know, yeah, choices he's made, mistakes he's made, whatever. And I, I know nothing more about it because I've looked everywhere for the lyrics and there, I can't find any.
1: Yeah, you can't even really find, like, if you go to the Encyclopedia of or whatever, yeah, Metal Archives, they're in there. But they don't even really have, like, the guy's names. They don't have. There's no lyrics in there. Anything about them. Yeah. That's what I mean. There's really nothing. Bizarre. Yeah. It's really strange. Yeah. Well, I really like this. This was a good find. Yeah. That's yeah. uh, some of the best new music I've listened to this year so far. Actually,
0: I, I'm hard pressed to say this is the best thing we've we've reviewed so far. I think. Wow, I mean, there's a lot of great albums that are already coming out, but last year, and we've reviewed some great stuff. But this is this is like captivated me, kind of. That's unusual for me, you know.
1: Yeah, when we got a short attention span. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, no, I mean it's, yeah, I, to me that's what it is. It's just dynamic enough. If I had to summarize it, it's it's, it's got all those aspects we talk about, but it, but it stands out. It's just dynamic enough that it just in, keeps me engaged. That's the it. only
0: word, the only word I can come up with is stunning. This is fucking stunning, dude. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, my personal favorite though is the third track in the shadow of the sleeping monarch. That song yeah. just is so fucking, I mean, I know it's nine minutes or whatever, but it is just so fucking good, dude. It's like, it's multiple songs in one. It flows nicely. There's some bitchin' riffs in that song. There's one in particular where there's just all of a sudden the guitars and bass, everyone comes together in, in a certain way in this bitchin' tempo it's just like it just sucks me in I'm like oh fuck that's so rad and then that the, you know and then that soft ending where it kind of fades out dude it's like wow that was really well done yeah i'm giving this a nine and a half what about you i'm giving it a 9.2 I, yeah.
1: it's it's awesome i mean i can't say yeah i think a little time more time would tell me you know if, if it needs to be adjusted or whatever um or if it's better than we've listened to anything else in the podcast i mean yeah, this is for you to say, like, "Oh, this had the same you had the same experiences P- when you first listened to Pile of Priest." I mean, that says a lot because I was I was wowed as well when I heard it. You know, so that's really saying something here.
0: Given a nine point five, this one's got a little extra kick though because when I first put it on um there's like a minute or so where it's just kind of okay what what's coming come on you know it's like and I was like it's gonna be the same old same old yeah thing. yeah
1: the, that, that intro i looked to
0: see yeah. how long the track was if it was gonna be a minute i was just gonna skip it i knew you would but yeah i was just kind of initially i'm just kind of this is kind of okay what's happening right and then all of a sudden this slow droning part comes in and then that goes on for a couple minutes to the point where i'm kind of like oh okay wh- what's happening and then it just fucking kicks into gear dude and it just picks up big time and i'm like okay that's killer right but it just gets better and better in increments dude the whole album it's trippy
1: yeah i
0: agree i don't i don't have anything else
1: to say about it <laughs> it's very good if you yeah. like if you like heavy music or you sort of get bored of heavy music sometimes cuz you feel it's repetitive but you like certain aspects of it if you've never heard heavy music even i would say give this a shot because it's heavy but it's not only about heavy you know
0: right it's not and here's the thing too the vocals aren't typically my style but i can't i can't picture hearing this any other way than the way this guy is singing this well once again we were talking
1: about the debut album from grief symposium called in the absence of light released january 22nd 27th i'm sorry january 27th 2023 Seven tracks, 54 minutes, 14 seconds. Ian gave it a 9.5, and Dan gave it a 9.2. Good stuff.
0: Now let's talk about your family. Oh, I mean, big hairy creatures. No kidding.
1: Yeah, well, I, like I was I was telling that story earlier about the coyote I saw when I was riding down the mountain. I don't even know what I would have
0: done if I saw one of these guys. Oh, gee. Yeah, no, I don't know. Apparently they smell terrible too, <laughs> Uh, Let's talk about some Bigfoot coming up next.
1: All right. So cryptids are animals that are studied by people who consider themselves cryptozoologists. They are organisms that may exist somewhere in the wild, but are not officially recognized by science. They're not their own species. Maybe there's not enough evidence, those types of things. Mm -hmm. We've talked about different ones. You know, you have Mothman. Chupacabra, Loch Ness Monster, all these different things. But um, what we're talking about today is also a cryptid. These guys seem like they kind of have a little bit of a history with humanity, huh? Yeah, a little bit. What you got? Well, first we should probably talk about what Bigfoot is. I mean, I think people kind of have an idea, but that there could be some confusion. I remember being a kid and there was a point where i was trying to figure out like well, what's the difference between like the abominable snowman and yeti and bigfoot uh abominable snowman and yeti are the same thing yes yes but that's i guess what it was and i remember i don't know how old i was 10 you know 9 whatever it was just realizing that they were they were different and i just remember trying to figure out what the differences were mm-hmm. now bigfoot i guess he you know he could live in snow
0: probably that's a a yeti they're all kind of the same they're all kind of the same thing it's the same concept a big a big hairy kind of elusive um sometimes aggressive thing you know six to like nine feet tall sometimes fucking huge dude and they apparently smell foul and they pop up out of nowhere and they scare the shit out of everyone and uh they do a lot of wood knocking and howling and and you know it's hard to dismiss so many people who say they've encountered something they just can't fucking put their they can't wrap their brains around
1: yeah well i think i think a lot of people you know when they when they hear bigfoot hear the word bigfoot they do envision the shaggy almost like gorilla looking guy that is shown in the patterson gimlin film
0: okay uh, yeah that's which to me i think that's like the prototypical image that's the, that's the standard. That's like the bar that was set. And, um, I don't know that, it, I don't know that there's been anything more, uh, or evidential than that particular film myself. Um, but there's some newer stuff, some newer footage that I was watching, um, I got lucky enough to find a documentary that showed like just clips. There was no talking, none of that bullshit where they just like they just play the thing over and over. They were just doing clip after clip, and there was a good couple dozen in there of the most credible Bigfoot-like sightings. And it was little video clips, and some of them are like, okay, some of these are obviously hoaxes. People with their friends just having fun, trying to fool people. I mean, they have to be. But some of them are pretty convincing, dude. It's like, what exactly was that? And and like the, the sound of the people talking, it, it doesn't really sound like they're acting. You know what I mean? And so you can't just like throw away everybody as being a dick and making a hoax. You know, I don't think that's the case. So a lot of these people, I think, saw something that really scared the shit out of them. Well, there's something probably
1: to it right now. I mean, you across Asia, you know, the, the Americas. There, there have been all kinds of large hairy people, right? That have been appeared in in legend and folklore across these different cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, Bigfoot slash Sasquatch, kind of the same. They're the same thing. That's, well, I guess, what it would be home to North America, right? That's that's kind of where they're seen, the Pacific Northwest and that type of thing
0: all the way all the way over to ohio sometimes pennsylvania they've been seen so it goes yes fairly far east and in the south in the southeast they're called swamp apes or skunk apes Mm. and they think because one thing i read is
1: that people that you know study these sightings and, and researchers if you will that they kind of some of them consider that the
0: bigfoot and the yetis are like the same species I think they are the same to each other in as much as we are the same to them. You know what I mean? We're mm-hmm. bipedal creatures who have some sort of like reasoning capabilities, right? I don't know how much they can reflect on their lives or look in a mirror and realize it's them. I'm sure they do. I don't know. I have no idea. But that's probably the only real similarity. And the fact that they are bigger and hairier, they probably have the same lineage, you know, just like we do to chimpanzees, I would think. So you think you think that they're just there'd be like another
1: species. They're they're not just look, like humans look different. Humans from, you know,
0: uh, Central America look different than humans from Africa or from. Look, 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 there's so much evidence that, that, that Bigfoot actually exists. And the fact is, humans are discovering new species of animals and insects every fucking day. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. who who's to say? I mean, here, let, let me read this real quick here. Much like the UFO phenomenon. The question of whether Bigfoot exists has been very contentious for quite some time. Those will say that much like UFOs, there is just no evidence that Bigfoot exists while conveniently turning their heads away from the evidence itself. And much like UFOs, there have been hoaxes. People who actively discredit those with valid evidence and credible people who have seen something they truly cannot explain that frightened them to their core. Debunkers aren't skeptics. Skeptics are reasonable people who have to look at anything with a rational and logical eye hopefully while weighing whatever evidence is before them objectively. Debunkers are basically fearful and closed-minded and are the ones, while claiming to be logical and reasonable, who are actually of the illogical and unreasonable mindset. Mainstream science generally falls into the debunker category, which is a shame. People get stuck in their own mindset and can be unwavering in their inability to see things differently. As the old saying goes, science advances one funeral at a time. Researching anything objectively starts with a blank slate. Trying to free yourself of any sort of preconceived notions or opinions, one way or the other, that are presented to you by others is hard to do. Being human, everyone generally thinks that their their opinion is correct and that the way they see things is the way things actually are. Those who see things as you do are rational, and those who see things in a different light are irrational. No matter what side of the fence you are on any subject or controversy. Now, the Gimlin-Patterson film, taken in the late 60s, is an example of debunkers blowing it off as just some guy in a gorilla suit but objective analysis of the film over the decades since has shown that it is impossible for it to be some guy in a gorilla suit. Now, how can I say this? Because I've done my own bit of modest research into the subject, read quite a few books on the patterson gimlin film, absorbed dozens upon dozens of documentaries about Bigfoot in general. And as with UFOs, researching anything requires that you look at both sides of an argument as objectively as humanly possible. And when one side seems more logical than the other, you go with that, no matter how fantastic or unbelievable it may seem. And much as with UFOs, I also believe there is a big bipedal primate dude living deep in in, in the more uninhabited areas of the wilderness on every continent except for Antarctica. they are even in Australia, dude.
1: I mean, it would make it would make sense that there would be things that were intelligent enough to evade observation for the most part. You know, I mean, oh, sure, there's there are people that suggest that they found burial sites and heard language and different things, you know, as they're walking through the forest and it's nighttime and they're hearing these beings around them making these sounds and stuff like that. Yeah. If a, you know, a chimp didn't want to be seen by us in the, in the jungle, it's not going to be seen by us in the jungle.
0: Right. I mean, it doesn't matter Yeah, much. I want to. Have you looked into that Patterson Gimlin film at all? Or have you really like watched people pulling that thing apart? And, and a couple of times there were a couple of different shows where my eyes were open, man, about uh, one thing in particular that I'll get to in a second. But you know about, and I never noticed this before, one of the researchers said, why would he put breasts on that? Why would he put breasts and an injury on the leg on this gorilla suit? And how did he do that? You know, and it's just not, for the time, even now, to to a large extent, that's not even really technically possible to make a film like that. It's just not.
1: Well I was so far, far but no. now listen
0: to so, no listen no in my knowledge of the film from the late 60s uh is concerned it has been shown that there is a muscle structure underneath the thick coat Hold of on fruit. dude
1: real quick I'm not arguing that I just, maybe not everyone knows what the Patterson Gimlin film is cuz we're ah. talking about it but maybe they don't know what it is but they may have seen it the screenshot or at least right cuz it's pretty iconic At least
0: at least it's everywhere
1: So what is it what is what's the
0: brief overview of that cuz I don't, I don't. want to debate okay. arguing about what you're saying. I want to hear that. But Patterson, at, P- Patterson, at, Patterson, and his friend, Gim- this guy Gimlin, went out. Now Gimlin, I believe, is still alive. He may have just died, but he still, to this day, is like, no, that was. We actually saw that. We actually filmed that. But they went out. This is in um, Northern California. They, they went out to um, what is the creek called? Bluff Creek or something. But they went out there to film to actually film. He he had a camera. And he went out there to film Bigfoot. He wanted to make a film about Bigfoot, mm-hmm. and just by chance catches bigfoot and so just the fact that he says that makes it sound like yeah right you're going out there to film bigfoot and you just happen to catch him Uh uh-huh sure right but dude i think that i think that's really a creature i don't think that's some dude in a suit man yeah i mean this was
1: this was like kind of a claim to admitted like a claim to fame for them right right and they held on to the the statement that what they saw was real now this, it's hard to say, right? Because it's, it's it had been difficult for them to go back and see exactly where. I guess that was a criticism, right? That people couldn't figure out where this happened.
0: It was in the, it was like in a in a partially dried up creek bed, though. Man, water flows through there. Things change. Logs get washed away. The scenery changes. They think they know where it's at, but they can't like based on the pictures and the film and everything. They can't like put put it side by side. It's it's in the forest, man things change it doesn't always look the same so they can't really like pinpoint it but they think they know basically where it was at
1: so this piece of film it's uh runs for just under a minute 59 and a half seconds Uh and uh so as you're watching it with frames per second play and all that stuff it lasts for 53 seconds Mm -hmm. Uh, they filled them in october 20th 1967 though um people suggest that maybe that was not recorded then but so the, the idea is they were going to look for the, for bigfoot they're walking around making it he effort. was going to make like a, a documentary
0: he was he, his whole goal was to make a documentary about bigfoot and they're out there on their horses and all of a sudden that that thing shows up and um kimlin to this day said they were just and there is film actually if you watch the whole thing he gets off the horse and you can see the thing like going to the ground and he, he like gets, gets his bearings and you can see him running and then it kind of cuts off. And they even, um, they even did casts um, of the, of the footprints. So there was that as well. Yeah. The
1: footprints are something that people have found and run casts of them. I've seen, I think I've seen a cast of the, the Patterson Gimlin one. Yeah. But more recently, they were there were some other prints that were were, i think in china
0: let me see here let me check my notes they're actually people are finding bigfoot prints in the northwest here all the time
1: yeah but just saying like that there was something recently that uh yeah the so this article i read referenced um in a post by the indian army for the first tie reads as follows. For the first time, an Indian Army mountaineering expedition has tied mysterious footprints of the mythical beast Yeti measuring, and they get measured and stuff like that. So it, I know Bigfoot's different than Yeti, but they're finding things like this all over, just to touch back on what we were saying. All before, over. about them being everywhere, you know? All over, yeah. Yeah, and some of these pictures look pretty compelling, you know, for both the, thing, the casting I've seen and then the pictures of that as well as these pictures i'm looking at here
0: now now to be clear the, the the majority of the sightings that i've read about or that i know about are, are in in north america uh primarily in the northern part of the united states all the way to the east coast um as well as there are um in, they are in australia they're in asia they're uh at the himalayas the yeti right and russia is another big one apparently there's a lot of sightings of that sort of creature in russia too that would make sense Actually, would. there's yeah, so would. much
1: empty space up there. Uh, it seems like if we're going to go off of what they're seeing in the Pacific Northwest and in other parts of, um, you know, through, throughout Canada and stuff like that, in heavily forested areas, mm-hmm. I mean, it would make sense that you'd see the same kind of things in Russia.
0: The scary ones, from what I've read and what I've what I know about this, the real scary ones are in Vietnam and Cambodia, and they were called the rock apes. And apparently, there's a lot of stories. Of U.S. military personnel, you know, in Vietnam during the Vietnam War, coming in contact with these things that were super aggressive. They would come over like a, what looked like a fight scene, like a battle that was already over, and there'd be bodies everywhere. But they realized these these people weren't like killing each other; they were fighting something else, like banding against something else, and it wiped them out. And that's pretty weird, dude. There's a lot of stories about the rock apes.
1: Yeah. That would be you're and you're in their
0: their environment. I mean, that would be the what's so disconcerting about it. I think, yeah, yeah. Those are the, those. They seem to be the more aggressive of them all. Um, the North American ones seem to be more shy and elusive, and and they retreat and they they just want to get the hell away from man. But there have been some stories where they are they stalk you and they're kind of aggressive. It's kind of scary. Yeah, I've heard stories of that as well, where people
1: have uh, been walking in, you know, and dense forest or even at night they're camping and they start making vocalizations and they're all around them and stuff i can
0: see that being extremely scary yeah i would probably shit myself now there was do you you've heard the story of that guy the guy who said was out in the wilderness for many days this is in the 1920s i think what's widely considered to be like the first bigfoot encounter where he was abducted he was like he felt himself waking up in his in his backpack or in his sleeping bag but he was being key he felt it was like going up and down like thump 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 and he realized that something had snatched him and was walking away with him and he said it took like so long to get to where they were going and he ended up living with a bigfoot family for days living with the bigfoot family hanging by his feet yep, in cave. Yep. <laughs> yeah well he didn't come out with his fantastic story till i think the 50s is when he like told it to a, a reporter and uh, well, how did you get away? And he said, what it was, was the coffee grinds. He had coffee grinds with him and he presented it to like the male and the male like went to eat it or, or ate no snuff. It was snuff is what it was. And he thought it was coffee grinds because, because he'd been sharing his coffee with them or something like that. But on the day he had escaped, he gave him snuff instead of coffee grinds. And he like went to sniff it and started eating it and stuff. And the, the thing freaked out and then he grabbed his shit and ran like hell.
1: That's how he got away. That sounds like a horrible escape story. I mean the thing's gonna get him. Things you never heard call. that you never heard that story before? I vaguely remember hearing something about it. I don't know if you told me because when you said oh you I remember hearing out he was got picked up and was carried along or something, like he's a little child that's asleep.
0: <laughs> yeah, they just straight abducted him. I think he was with the family for three or four days or something like that. It's crazy. It's a crazy story. What does he report? What does he say? What did he do? He fucking escapes. <laughs> yeah, but what did he do? I mean, he so he's there for three or four days. Did they have him tied up. Were they? What were they doing? No, they didn't have him tied up. But he was so deep into the forest that there was nothing he could really do about it. And he just they observed each other, and it was apparently kind of a very smelly and frightening experience. He was there for days. I think it was in nineteen twenty twenty six or twenty four or something like that. Trippy, huh? Okay. Let me, let me continue. Um, now the Patterson Gimlin film though, I got to go back to this because it has been shown that there is muscle structure underneath the thick coat of the fur on the creature. The arms are far too long for a guy in a gorilla suit. The gait in which a creature walks would be too difficult for a human wearing a gorilla suit. There also appear to be breasts and an injury on one of the thighs that you can clearly see. Now I've seen that too. And it's weird because they go back and forth, back and forth. And you see this thing bulging out of the, out of the thigh. Uh, the muscle bulging in and out as the creature walks it's, it's it is unreasonable to think that patterson would have even considered adding such incredible detail notwithstanding the fact that it was technically impossible in the late 60s for such incredible special effects when the costume designer for the planet of the apes says that even if he even he could not pull off such a feat with a large budget in a hollywood setting that has to be taken seriously when one considers so it's not some like
1: little like fuzzy little fur suit draped over somebody. You wouldn't see the definition of the
0: musculature underneath. All the, yeah, the detail is just insane. I mean, it's it would suggest that it was real. Now, when one considers the fact that when the film was released, there was no Photoshop or CGI that Patterson could have used, nor was he skilled a skilled costume designer or trained in the art of special effects in any way, it becomes highly unlikely and improbable that Patterson pulled off such a technically impossible feat of filmmaking. I mean, seriously, dude. Now, one must consider the other lines of evidence that have been found, like you were talking about, to show that it actually exists, from strands of hair caught in hair traps that were analyzed and found to be of an unknown primate, to footprints that show dermal ridges. Now, that would be pretty hard to fake, dude. Yeah, dermal ridges, yeah. Yeah, and to recordings of wood knocking and howls in the deep wilderness, to dozens upon dozens of other unexplainable pieces of, you know, pieces of video film, photographs. Now, some of our hoaxes, some obviously are hoaxes, but there are quite a few that are very hard to explain, really. Now, video recorded by frightened and surprised people that are very, that's very compelling and convincing. Some of the video from too far away, is it's hard to clearly discern what it is. I mean, you look at it and you're just like, that could be yeah. a person.
1: I mean, that's the issue with a lot of these things,
0: right? It's yeah. Like- But the thing is, when you were there yourself, now some of these people are so adamant, you know, it's like, I don't care what what it looks like to you. I know that was not right. Right. And when you're there witnessing it yourself, you just know it's not usual. And no matter what anyone says to them, they know what they saw, even if they technically don't really know what they saw. Right. Yes, exactly. Debunkers who try to discredit and blow off such incredible paranormal events don't seem to realize that what complete fools they appear to be to those who have witnessed the incredible for themselves. It becomes obvious to the witness that this is a person who lives in fear, only goes by what he or she already thinks he knows, and is incapable of looking at something with an open mind and an objective eye. And in fact, has clearly not done an iota of even moderate research into the subject. The bottom line is witnesses to these sorts of events don't care about your science or so-called logic. They actually know something that the debunkers don't even want to know. To a lot of people, it is so frightening and unbelievable to them that that even actual proof would be not, not even valid. They would look away and choke it up as a hallucination or an illusion, maybe a bad dream, and then just like shut down their mind and go on their own merry way, kind of living inside the fences they have created for themselves. Dude, there's so much evidence to this like the UFOs. I mean, there really is. Now, where I draw the line is that step too far It is the recent notion that Bigfoot come from UFOs. Have you heard this shit? No, but come on exactly it's like that just is like i've heard that a bunch recently i watched a couple doc, so-called documentaries about that and they just kind of like tie it together somehow and just make it even more like okay now you're just like you're being ridiculous right it just seems ridiculous to me um it steps over the line of credul- credulity uh the theory came from the line of reasoning that ufo encounters have correlated with bigfoot sightings whether it is mere coincidence or not, I don't know. But to suggest that UFOs are bringing Bigfoot to Earth seems to be kind of silly, actually. Uh, but what if it's true, dude? What, I can't say one way or the other. But my personal feeling is that this is just talking, taking it to like a whole new level of silliness by combining two separate but equally puzzling encounters, thereby pushing away people who want to do thoughtful research into either of these subjects. I fucking hate that shit, dude. I hate that. When people like hoax stuff or, or, you know what I mean? It just makes people go see it's all bullshit.
1: It discredits everything because when you're everything, at these things and trying to be
0: objective, it's yeah. And it pisses me off. It's like when someone was found out or caught doing something like that, I, I see man. Cause it's like, this isn't a joke. This is real, man. And you're making it look like a joke by being a fucking asshole. So, I mean,
1: do you have more about this? I mean, cause I, I don't know. I know that there was like Joe Rogan did that whole Hunt for Bigfoot show and he pretty much is like, yeah. And I saw some of the stuff of the people he was talking to that they seem all pretty much
0: like bullshit. You know what I mean? You know, dude, the bottom line is there was a time when black holes were deemed ridiculous or ludicrous. But now we know they're real, right? The notion of the government doing mind control on unwitting citizens without their knowledge yeah. sounded like a conspiracy theory that only nut jobs would actually believe. and uh, Then it was proven to be true, wasn't it? The government doing research on weather control is a fantasy. It's only believed by conspiracy theory nuts. But that is also known to be fact now, dude. Now, believing the unbelievable isn't always wise, but sometimes it can open your eyes to the truth, dude. Well, here's the thing. Is the large large hairy
1: primates exist, right? And like you said, we're discovering new things all the time, it would be pretty significant to find such a large organism, because many of the organisms we're finding are insects and fungi and all these different things, right? Not so big. But I mean, I don't think this is this doesn't have the implications of the whole alien thing. I mean, that's that would be completely different, right? But Do you think that, and and some people would want to release these hoaxes because they want the credit and the attention, do you think that there's a cover-up? Oh, no. What, by the people who are hoaxing? No, just in general. It sounded almost like you were saying that there was a cover-up
0: about the existence of Bigfoot or something. No, I don't think there's a cover up. I th- I just think there's a blind eye. It's it's like I said, it's the same thing with UFOs, man. It's like this is how you're brought up to believe, or what your your professors or whoever told you, or, or you just like myself. I, I was in my 30s before I really ever thought about, you know, th- whether we were actually being visited or UFOs. And it was like in 2008, all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute, I never even thought about. It. Are there? And the, and then someone on on a documentary mentioned something about multiple races visiting Earth, and then it occurred to me. Oh, you know, I didn't even consider the fact it was more than just one other race. And it just kind of like progressed from there. Like when you really open your mind and realize that, wait a minute, maybe some of this shit is actually real. What the fuck? And then you start looking at the evidence, what people say they saw, you know, things that are correlated radar and photographs and people's testimony. And then all of a sudden it all fits together. And it's like, wait, that means there was something there. They kind of, all these people say they can't explain it, whatever it is. Right. Holy shit, there is something there. Well, then you got to ask yourself, what is it? And you and you come up with Bigfoot, dude. Some of the know, that's, video not, that's not re- that's not to be contentious. no. Some of the video, some of the video and the testimonies recently in the last like 20 years, especially now that there's like a phone in every phone with a camera in everyone's pocket, they can just whip it up and fucking take a video. And so yeah. people say, well, how come there's not more video evidence of this? It's like, like you dumbass, there is more video evidence. It's it's exponentially more video evidence because everyone has a, a recorder in their pocket.
1: And you don't always do it, man. I, I but discussed- that's a thing. That's a, that's a thing. You're right. You're right. I described to you the whole thing I saw in the desert and I wasn't like, oh, I saw something. I was like, well, that was weird. What was that? Maybe give me pause. But if I had really been thinking, I would have like pulled my phone out and recorded it. But even though you wouldn't be able to see it because it was up in the sky and phone never does you know, the things at a distance, justice, but... but it's
0: so it's so different and unusual that that's not even on your mind getting it on. Yeah. Because it's like, why would you think that you're like observing it going? What the fuck taking it in? Yeah, I would say over 90% of these kind of things don't even get recorded. Yeah,
1: you're probably right. You're probably right. I could see it just caught in the moment. Yeah, totally. Now, we should just get to it. What's up? What does our friend Joe Nichols say about this? He's got to have an opinion.
0: Oh, God, I didn't even research any of his. Okay, tell me. What is it?
1: Well, so. Oh, God. It's it's all hoaxes. 100%
0: all hoaxes. Yes. For those that don't know about Mr. (laughs) Nichols, he. But everybody, everybody who's ever seen or taken a cast or done a video, it's all hoaxes. Fuck off. Regardless of what we're talking about, right? Anything, yeah, fuck yeah. off. You're you're just a debunker. You live in this little shell. Fuck off, Joe. He so Joe like a nice guy claims though. that he talked to a gentleman, huh? No, no. I said he seems like a nice guy, though. I I'd have dinner with him. Oh, I think it'd be fun to have dinner with Joe Nickel. Oh yeah, he seems like a good guy. Joe,
1: back in 2009, Joe Nickel claims to have met and spoke with a guy named um Philip Morris Smith. Uh huh. He eventually grew up to, with with his wife, sell theatrical supplies. So one suit that they had, of course, was a gorilla suit. And he, this guy recalls, according to Joe Nickel, that in August 1967, he sold one of his gorilla suits to Patterson, Roger Patterson, who then would be implied that he used this in the film Uh uh-huh
0: and but that's all what it is you know multiple people have come out and claimed to be the guy wearing the suit right yes yeah there's one man bob hieronymus
1: who claims he wore the suit in the film Uh uh-huh and he but he described it as being constructed differently and smelling of smelling odd like a fur Oh, okay, And Morris, the guy that supposedly sold this suit, says he positively identifies it, but could tell that the mask was replaced and uh, that the stuffed breasts were added, no doubt from extra fur, according to him that Patterson asked to be included with the suit.
0: Why would this dude think of that? those kind of details, and how would he even take it's just not possible. It's not possible that that's a fake' it's, I'm convinced. I've seen like scientists who have no nothing invested in this, and they're, like uh, just ask like people who like video video people who like pull things apart for the Navy to see what this is or what that is. Is this real? Is this CGI? Whatever, right? And and that's been pulled about pulled apart by people who have no interest in this subject, nothing invested in it, and they're just asked to do it, and they go, well, what? then they slow it down, analyze every little inch of it, and it's like they show the structures of the muscles underneath the fur. They show a wound on the leg popping in and out as the thing walks. They show the gait and compare it to a human. And it's like, well, maybe a human could walk like this. But how could a human walk like this? The gait is completely wrong. And you can't just like fake some sort of gait that you know nothing about. You know, it's, it doesn't make any sense, dude. The arms are too long. I mean, none of it makes sense. And and the thing, the kicker for me was when they slowed it down and did and closed in on the thigh, and you could see the muscle popping in and out as the thing walked, as though it had an injury. And it's like, how would you think to put that detail into that fucking thing? How would you even have the technology to do that in the late sixties? You wouldn't, and you're not even a filmmaker. You're just some dude.
1: I never saw that teardown about the zooming in. I mean, is there even that much
0: information there on this old film? Yes, there actually is because the one guy went to the to to Patterson's w- wife, a widow, and got the original, dude. So everything we see is like from station to station, from you know recording to recording to recording. It goes down generations, man. So like the first time I ever saw it in the early '80s, maybe it was probably so degraded at that point that I couldn't really see it. But he got the actual original, which was only played a couple times wants to view it wants to record it something and it's like she, it's in her possession she just like it took so long for this dude to get this film and then he ran it through recorded it himself from the original and then analyzed it from that and it's fucking crystal clear dude and there's no way that's a dude in a fucking gorilla suit no way apparently there there
1: are made at least seven original copies are made from the original film so you're saying that they saw one of those
0: no he saw it from the original from the actual original, from the the widow, he got a, he got the real dude. He got the the actual film. That's insane, and that's what. And then he 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 dispensed like copies from that to scientists to analyze, and none of them came back saying, uh, "Yeah, it's a dude in a suit." No, they all went. They all looked stumped, like they didn't want to believe what they were seeing. And that that that's that, that was another documentary a couple years ago. I wish I could remember the name, but I was just like, okay, that's fucking real, dude. If that's all lies to me, then that sucks. That's bullshit. But from what I'm being presented right here in this documentary was that there's no way that was faked in 1967 or whatever. There's no way, dude. So what do you think?
1: I mean, so you believe that this is just an that they do exist. And it's probably likely then that these various legends probably originate from some sort of truth, right? Well, there you go the native
0: americans man
1: yeah so how do these things evade us just because we're not
0: suited to be in those environments
1: and they're intelligent enough well
0: what happens with the with the reports when someone encounters a bigfoot do you think they're like trying to get closer to each other to get to know each other dude both sides are going run the fuck away am i not am i correct no you're probably right yeah you're not going to go shake hands with them they don't want to do that they want to get away from you and if you get too close they want to fucking kill you that's what it seems like to me anyway they're pretty much just they want to be left the fuck alone i think they know what humans have as far as like weapons hunters are out there and campers and they hear all that bullshit and they know that humans are there and they know how to stay away from them because we outnumber them massively and we're dangerous (laughs) oh yeah we clearly are Dude, I just think closing uh, closing your mind to what can seem unbelievable is pretty foolish. You know, when a person is able to shake the the chains of their fundamental beliefs, peer pressure, preconceived notions taught to them by someone else, then that person is far more capable and able to come to a proper conclusion, man. No matter whether the conclusion flies in the face of everything they were taught and know, the truth is a truth, dude, whether you like it or not. So no matter what the subject is, when the evidence becomes so overwhelming that it points you in one direction, then that is the most logical answer to whatever question is being asked. No matter how unbelievable or fantastic or insane something appears to be or or sounds, humans are discovering new species every fucking day, dude, and technological advances are opening doors and showing us that there's so much we had wrong and so much we really do not know. How unbelievable could it really be that there is an offshoot of humanity living deep in the woods, staying far away from us crazy fucking humans, just trying to survive just as crazy as the ridiculous suggestion that mathematically, there is no way that we are the only intelligent civilization in our own galaxy, let alone the fucking universe.
1: Yep. It's all realms of possibilities, you know, and hopefully, you know, as people, they have better technology. Maybe they'll they'll see things. You know, I looked at one article. I found this picture that dates back from um, March of 2022, and it's from a uh, like a wildlife camera that was caught by like a, um environmental services.
0: Yes, I know, I know what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah,
1: and it look I mean, it looks very interesting. You can see, you know, it looks like kind of like night vision almost because it's like the black and white. Uh, It took place a little after 9.30 p.m., and I guess there's a couple different, you know, images that I see here. But, man, I mean, (laughs) it looks like uh, Harry and the Hendersons. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. Yes,
0: no, it does, dude. I've seen it, and it's like, it gives me the chills. It's like, I don't think that's fake, man. That's just the thing. It's like, what's ideal, lean? Do you you really just going to blow it off and go, that's all bullshit, or is that really – or all these people – Full of shit and lying and doing trickery with their cameras. I just don't think so, man. And just like UFOs, if one, just one, came to Earth and, and checked us out, then we have been visited. Period. It's the same thing.
1: Well, that is exciting to think about. Also disconcerting, you know, when you're in the when you're in the ocean. I'm aware as a human <laughs> that I am at the whim of anything that's under there if it wanted to. Uh the same, I think, goes when you're out of your environment in other places including the forest and you're not you know evolved right and equipped and don't have the knowledge I mean even if you are equipped you can have a a tent and all the great outdoor equipment but you're not going to compete necessarily with uh someone that's eight feet tall and uh much stronger and faster than you and more agile and familiar
0: with everything you know right and uh, you know, you know that one of our presidents even had a Bigfoot encounter, right? Oh, uh, who was that? That would be um Teddy Roosevelt, Mr. Macho man. Didn't he see UFOs also? No, no, I don't think so. But he was, you know how he was like Mr. Rugged Guy, he was like this rich boy from from the city, and went, you know, when his wife and his mom died on the same day, he went west and lived amongst the cowboys for like a year or two. And he was laughed at and ridiculed because he always wore these like really expensive, goofy ass, like what an Easterner would think a cowboy looked like sort of clothes. You know, like it looked like a fucking cartoon character of a cowboy. And he would get laughed at and mocked. But then when he'd get out there to help the cowboys do the work, the dude kicked ass and earned all of their respect. He went even further west and was camping with this this person, you know, an old timer guy. And he was telling him a story about his encounter with what would be a Bigfoot, right? And Teddy Roosevelt writes in his memoirs or his diary that um like that night they heard sounds out in the forest that scared the shit out of him, like to the core. And he's all, oh, I know now for a fact that that stuff is out there. Those things are out there. And it's it's like, wow, even the president, huh? Okay. That was before he was president, obviously. But yeah. so it's it affects a lot of fucking a lot of people and a lot of cultures, a lot of parts of society, and it's on every continent
1: except antarctica unless you count yeti
0: well i don't think there's enough maybe
1: there are ones on antarctica well, they live oh. underground anyways remember oh yeah with the nazis that's right and on that note <laughs> let's wrap this <laughs> one up <laughs> all right bye all right thanks for listening everyone